This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. No, some of you were like, huh? This is not the regular intro. <laughs> it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. This is episode number 48 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. <laughs> I know some of you, some of you who are old school, you know exactly what that soundtrack is like. That's a soundtrack you always heard on NFL Prime Time. It is back, ladies and gentlemen. This is free advertising for ESPN. NFL Primetime is one of my favorite shows of all time. It's a highlight package of all NFL games during the, the, the afternoon slates on Sunday, man. The host, Chris Berman and Tom Jackson, like I said, ESPN Plus, 7.30 p.m. every Sunday. If you don't have that subscription, please go get it. If it's only for, if it's only for NFL Primetime, just go get it. Free advertisement, once again, for ESPN. $5 a month, get your subscription for ESPN Plus. For those of you who are here for the first time, thank you for tuning in from wherever you're tuning in on your favorite platform, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're coming from. We appreciate the support. You guys are wondering, of course, every week, what the heck are we going to talk about this time? Well, there's a lot to talk about and it's not going to be pretty. Tim Tebow. I'm not even going to get into that right now. Tim Tebow. That's all I'm going to say. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. The New England... Patriots offense Antonio Brown looked amazing and of course we're going to talk about a team that don't even belong in the NFL at the moment the Miami Dolphins my gosh how do you give up 89 points in two games how do you do that that doesn't make any sense of course we're going to break it down so you guys can understand what is going on over there in Miami and of course we're going to talk about Drew Brees the New Orleans Saints his thumb injury Ben Roethlisberger he had season ending elbow surgery and a lot of people are talking about it's Tommy John surgery and if any of you who play baseball if you ever had that surgery you know how that goes that can be a career ender and of course of course we're gonna overreact like we do every week who are the top 10 quarterbacks thus far in the 2019 NFL season so with no further ado let's just get right into it but what are you talking about bro you talking about man Woo! what <laughs> Bro, what are you talking about man all right so th- this is this is the problem i have every week with the new england patriots <sighs> I, I i don't understand when was the last time that the patriots actually had actual competition in their division if you, if you don't know by now, if New England's division consists of the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets, 
and obviously the Patriots. The Patriots have won literally 11 division titles in a row. 11 in a row. And you guys wondering why Tom Brady's making so many Super Bowls? Because he's getting a bye every freaking week. Every year, rather, in the first round of the playoffs. He only has to play two games to make the Super Bowl. Some of you might be listening and wonder, what the heck are you talking about? Why is that even relevant? Because this week, once again, the New England Patriots just trumped the Miami Dolphins. 43-0. Tom Brady, 20 for 28, 264 yards and two touchdowns. Just another day at the office. 83.6 QBR. A quarterback rating of 124.7. Are you kidding me? The, <laughs> after week one, when the Miami Dolphins lost to the, to the uh, Baltimore Ravens, we were like, man, it can't get worse than that. If you don't remember, they lost 58-10. to 10. This week, like I mentioned, they lost 43-0. to 0. How do you not score not even a point? A field goal? Are they that bad? I remember. I was old enough to remember when the Detroit Lions went 0-16. I think the Miami Dolphins, after the second week of the season, I think they might arguably be the worst NFL team I've ever seen. I've literally seen every single snap they have played for the past two weeks. They're terrible. Really bad. And even and even worse for me, because I happened to draft one of their running backs in fantasy. Kenyon Drake, he's been playing awful. Six carries for 19 yards? Bro. Bro, you, you are a NFL running back. How? 19 yards? Are you serious right now? Is is this is what it's come to now? So Tom Brady's gonna play all the way to his fifty just because his division sucks? Is this really what's gonna happen? Never in my life did I ever think basketball season is what thirty six days away. I remember three, four years ago we were all talking about how the Golden State Warriors were gonna dominate. And they actually did. Till they got injured. Well, Kevin Durant got injured actually. Tom Brady's perfectly healthy. He's 40, 42, 43, going on 43. And you mean to tell me, for 11, 12 seasons, this man has been consistently going to the playoffs just because there's literally no competition in the division? And of course, some of the haters are always going to say, well, that's one of the reasons why we don't consider all his Super Bowls to be legitimate because his division is terrible. And some parts of me want to agree with that because I don't want to discredit a team actually winning the Super Bowl, even reaching the Super Bowl for that matter. Because, hey, the Los Angeles Rams made the Super Bowl. They were the best offense in the NFL to play the New England Patriots last year. And what happened to them? You want to know how ridiculous the New England Patriots defense is right now? We've been raving for the past couple years of how great the defense was not in New England. The last time the New England defense allowed a touchdown was in the fourth quarter of the AFC Championship against the Kansas City Chiefs last year. That's the last time they allowed a touchdown. They have outscored opponents 89-6 to up to week two now. The Rams didn't score a touchdown. The Chiefs only scored touchdowns in the fourth quarter of the AFC Championship. The Dolphins literally didn't score. 
and the Steelers couldn't get a point out of them as well. They just got one field goal off of the Steelers. 89-6, and this season they outscoring opponents 76-3. 70, what is this, Madden? This is the video game? This doesn't make sense. It absolutely makes no sense. Why would you draft Josh Rosen and start Ryan Fitzpatrick? You want to know how bad Ryan Fitzpatrick is? In in three attempts in one quarter, he threw two pick sixes. That's how bad he was. He had a rating of 23.8. QB ratings go from 0 to 100. You have a 23. You have a 23 on a scale from a 0 to 100. In anything in life, you're failing. How can it be possible that Miami is so bad? And guess what? New England has to play them again in a couple of weeks. New England might actually literally probably go like 14-2 and this season. If you didn't know already, if you're in the same division as one team, obviously you played them twice. You played them one at home and one on the road. So you can practically chalk up eight wins for the New England Patriots because the Jets are not going to beat them without Sam Donald. Obviously, Miami's not going to beat them. And the Buffalo Bills, yes, their defense is underrated, but they don't have the offense to keep up with Antonio Brown and Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon and Tom Brady. That's not going to happen. So if we look down at the numbers, we keep looking deeper at the numbers. You know the last time the New England Patriots won less than 11 games? That was in 2011 when Tom Brady got injured in the first game of the season. And they still managed to win 11 games that season. That's how good the Patriots are. So I'm now coming to the realization. I don't like these guys. I don't like them. But they're damn good. The 2000 Yankees. They were a dominant force. But they weren't dominating like the New England Patriots. They weren't dominating baseball like this. The Chicago Bulls were dominant, but they weren't dominating the NBA like this. Are you kidding me? 11 straight division titles? Come on, Dolphins. Come on, Jets. You guys got to do better than this, man. We're tired of seeing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. We are tired of seeing Bill Belichick and his hoodies on the sideline. Can you guys please do something about this? Please. That don't make any sense. I'm a little confused here, bud. Part of being successful... In the NFL, for any franchise, it's consistency. And like I said in the previous segment, as much as I hate the New England Patriots, the one thing they have been consistent on is they have arguably the greatest head coach of all time and arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. It doesn't matter what sport you play. (laughs) You have a Hall of Fame coach, you're most likely going to win. And add on to that in the NFL. You have a Hall of Fame head coach and a Hall of Fame quarterback. You're going to win a lot of Super Bowls. 
And that speaks to the consistency of the New England Patriots. You know, so after the games on Sunday, I was thinking about this and I was saying to myself, are we coming to the end of an era? Yes. I pause for a sec to make you think. Are we really coming to an end of an era? It seems like New England is going to keep winning forever. That's what it seems like, right? Because 20 years is a long time. You don't hear franchises dominate for 20 years straight. That's not normal. But something very critical that I noted. Over the past 24 days. Of course, you got to be consistent. But also, there has to be some luck. Literally, you got to get some luck in, in some of these seasons. In the span of 24 days. This is what happened in the NFL. Andrew Luck retired. He happened to play in the AFC. He could have been potentially the quarterback who could stop Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Nick Foles broke his collarbone in the first game of the season, in the first quarter against the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a, he was a Super Bowl champion two years ago. He was a Super Bowl MVP two years ago. Sam Darnold diagnoses mono. That's not funny. He happens to play for the AFC. For the Jets. A good Jets team, I might add. But not so good anymore since he's out. Ben Roethlisberger ended his season. He gets he had to get elbow surgery. Another potential team that could possibly stop. The New England Patriots in the AFC. And then Drew Brees. Diagnosed with a thumb injury. Approximately out for six weeks. I mean, are you guys seeing a pattern here? Are, are you seeing what I'm seeing? For you to be able to win, you have to be good. But you also got to get lucky. And once again, the New England Patriots have a straight path to the Super Bowl. I didn't plan to talk about the Patriots for an entire 30, 40 minutes. But it's sports. This is what happens. Things happen. Nobody expected Drew Brees to get hurt. Nobody thought Ben Roethlisberger would get hurt on a pass that nobody touched him. He just slinged the ball. He just slung the ball down the field, and all of a sudden he was holding his forearm. Ben Roethlisberger, thirty-seven years old, two-time Super Bowl champion, one-time Super Bowl MVP. Drew Brees went to the Super Bowl twice, won one, lost one. Is this really the end of an era? Are these guys going to just retire and Tom Brady's going to keep winning? Are, are we going to have to accept that we live in Tom Brady's world, the New England Patriots world, not the other way around? It's absolutely unbelievable. For those of you listeners, I know some of you are at the older age and some of you I just now starting to, you know, understand and watch the NFL on a advanced level. Drew Brees has been consistent for a good 17, 18 years. Ben Roethlisberger has been consistent for 15 years. These guys have become the trademark of the NFL. And all of a sudden in one season they're just dropping like flies. That is what sports do to you. Let me remind you folks of who Drew Brees is. Number one in passing yards all time. 
Number one in passing attempt yards of all time. Number two in QB rating. Number one all time in QB passes completed. He completes 72% of his passes. You know how outrageous that is for somebody to complete that amount of passes? Yes, everybody says, well, he plays in a dome. There's a lot of people who have played in domes before, and they can't even complete 60% of their passes. That just speaks to the grit, to the work ethic, to the attention to detail of Drew Brees. That's how great he's been consistently over his career. He's literally five touchdowns away from breaking the all-time touchdown mark set by the great Peyton Manning, first ballot Hall of Famer. All these guys are going to be first ballot Hall of Famers. And we're watching two of them just crumbling before our eyes. And the one that we want to crumble is consistently just winning. I know, I know, I know what you guys are thinking. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, but he has the organization that supports him. He has the coach that plays to his strengths. Drew Brees, his coach plays to his strengths. Sean Payton plays to Drew Brees' strength. Mike Tomlin has played to Ben Roethlisberger's strength. Bill Cowher has played to Ben Roethlisberger's strength. But like I always say, man, for the time, he don't wait on nobody. I hope Drew Brees can come back this season. As the report said, he's probably going to be out for six weeks. Six weeks is a long time in the NFL. That's literally, you could say, half a season. It's gone right there. The Saints were projected to win the NFC by many. So now the NFC, you can say, is wide open. Again, Green Bay Packers, did 2-0. The Seattle Seahawks, they're 2-0. San Francisco 49ers, I know. They're in the AFC, but hey, man. I mean, the NFC, 2-0. Surprise, surprise. That is what makes the NFL great. It is a game of inches. We always say with many sports, it's a game of inches. But if Drew Brees had just slung the ball one second earlier, he probably would not be injured right now. And we'll be having a whole different conversation at the moment. But this all happened. Everything that I mentioned. Andrew Luck, Nick Foles, Sam Donald, Ben, Drew Brees. 24 days. So this Antonio Brown news now, it just looks minute to everything that's been happening in the NFL. So the question is, is this really the end of an era? Are we overreacting just in the second week of the season? Am I? I don't know. Hey, man, a couple years ago, the Packers started 15-1, and went in the first round of playoffs, and lost to Eli Manning and the New York Giants. That's what the NFL is about. We can predict all we want, but most, most of the time, it never turns out how we think. Again, it's just really the end of an era. So let me let me transition into this. If we if we're if we're gonna keep on that topic that this is really end of an era, I personally don't believe that is the end of an era right now. 
I mean, these guys are just injured. I mean, they're just older guys. You know, they, they tend to be more injury prone at this age. Like I said, father time doesn't wait for anybody. But it made me wonder. Let's just assume Drew Brees doesn't come back this season. And we know Ben Roethlisberger is done for the season. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl MVP. Drew Brees, Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl MVP. He's number one all time. Passing yards. Probably at the end of the season, if he comes back this season, he's probably going to break the all-time touchdown, the passing touchdown record set by Peyton Manning a couple years ago. So it made me wonder, if this is the end of an era, who's it, who are the top 10 quarterbacks right now? And just be aware, some of the names I'm going to mention belong to the era, this past, quote-unquote, past era. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, guys like those. But where do they rank on the top 10 list right now? Number one, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you are probably saying like, oh, here we go again with this with this homer move. Let me tell you how great Aaron Rodgers is. I'm not going to talk about his 2011 season, his 2010 season, his Super Bowls, his 2010 Super Bowl season. I'm not going to talk about the playoffs. None of that. Just last season. Aaron Rodgers was supposedly hurt, right? 25 touchdowns, two interceptions, a 101 quarterback rating. That was a bad season. I mean, Dak Prescott didn't even throw that amount of touchdowns <laughs> for any season in the NFL. But that's how great Aaron Rodgers is. So he'll stay at number one on my quarterback list. Number two, Patrick Mahomes. Everybody wants to crown Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in football after one season. I don't do that. I don't do that. I really don't do that. You know why I don't do that? You know why I don't do that? Because things look great and nice and shiny after after you use it the first time. But when you keep using it consistently, what happens? It loses its aura. And especially when something's not consistent. It's like a TV show, man. You could watch the first couple episodes and you think the show is great. But you know what makes a great show? Not a couple episodes. Consistent seasons. You know why Grey's Anatomy is still on TV? <laughs> They're consistent. You know why 24 was on TV? Shout out to 24, Jack Bauer. You know it's one of the greatest shows of all time? Consistency. You know why Games of Thrones is considered the greatest TV show of all time? Some might argue that. Some might say Breaking Bad. My point is, consistency. Patrick Mahomes has only done this one season. Was it a great season? It was an all-time great season. 5,000 yards, 51 touchdowns, MVP, runaway MVP. I get that, but I'm not going to put him ahead. Aaron Rodgers already proved himself to won a Super Bowl, won multiple MVPs. Let's give Patrick Mahomes some time, baby. But I have him at number two quarterback right now. Number three, Tom Brady. All reliable Tom Brady. Went to the Super Bowl nine times. Won six, six of them. He's also a couple of touchdowns away from breaking Peyton Manning all-time touchdown record. Drew Brees and, and Tom Brady, they're battling that out this season. Eventually, Aaron Rodgers, if he stays healthy and he gets to his 40s, he's probably going to break that record. That's where we're at right now. Tom Brady, number three. I don't care what nobody says. Yo, past achievements don't count for now. This is the list for this season. Number four. Number four. I'm going to surprise a lot of people with this. Dak Prescott. <laughs> I know. This is overreaction. This is week two. 
This is only two weeks. He played against some trash defenses. I know. I went on social media and I talked about it. They played some very trash defenses. With Dak Prescott, seven touchdowns, one interception, perfect QB rating in the first game, a 143 QB rating in the second game. Come on, man. <sighs> yeah, it was the Giants. Yes, it was the Redskins. But those numbers speak for themselves, man. It's it's ridiculous. It just just doesn't make any sense. Followed by Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I know. I don't want to give Pat. I I I don't want to put Patrick Mahomes first because he said he doesn't have the experience. With Lamar Jackson played last year. Everybody was like, "Oh, he's a running back." But man, a running back that passes for two hundred and fifty yards and runs for one hundred and fifty in the same game in a regular season, the only player all time to do that. Two hundred and fifty passing yards, one hundred and fifty rushing yards. Not bad for not bad for running back, is it? The only other player to do that, Colin Kaepernick, in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson is the only player to do that in the regular season. But Colin Kaepernick has done this in the playoffs. In a playoff game in Lambeau Field, Colin Kaepernick had 263 passing yards and 181 rushing yards. Man, just reading that out loud. <laughs> How was Green Bay's defense that bad, man? And I remember watching this game, and we were literally one possession away from winning. And Colin Kaepernick... On a third and 11, ran for 18 yards and pretty much ended that game. That's how great Lamar Jackson has been this season. So I have him. I have him at number four. Number five, Russell Wilson. All reliable Russell Wilson. No O-line at times, no running game at times, a declining defense. But Russell Wilson has been consistent. And plus, he's under 30 years of age. If I want to start a franchise today, yeah, I'll start him up. Russell Wilson, I'll have him at number five. Deshaun Watson. Followed by Philip Rivers. Number eight, Carson Wentz. Number nine, Jared Goff. And number 10, Cam Newton. Yeah, I said it. Baker Mayfield's not in the top 10. You want to argue about it? You know where to find me on social media. Bring it, man. Keep it in context, Billy. Tell the whole story. It is now time for Keeping It in Context. A highlight topic of the week on a weekly basis. We retired it for a little bit because we were trying to get things in order, but it's back this week and for the foreseeable future. And this week, ironically, we picked the right time to bring it back. Because Tim Tebow has been crucified around the media. has been crucified on social media. Because of what his take was on college athletes being able to get paid. We, there's no numbers that's going to be involved in here. There's no numbers to break down here. Because all of us who've been watching college football over the years, who watch the NFL, who watch any type of amateur sports, because, yeah, it's practically amateur sport if you're not getting paid. Any sport you're getting paid for, you practically consider to be a pro sport. If you don't know who Tim Tebow is, I'll run you down his credentials for a while. Tim Tebow won national championships of Florida back 2007-2008, came into the NFL. His one highlight in the NFL was that, hey, every talk show was talking about how he couldn't pass the ball. And his highlight of his career was in 2011, he beat the favorite Pittsburgh Steelers that was supposed to actually win the Super Bowl. The Steelers beat 
the Steelers uh, not beat them. The Broncos beat the Steelers on a pass from Tim Tebow in overtime. And this was the rule change back in back in the day, where it was changed to whoever scores a touchdown wins the game first. Well, whoever scores, if you get the ball first and you score first, you win. That's what Tim Tebow did. On the first pass of overtime, he threw a pass, I believe, to Demarius Thomas, I think, who ran it right in for 60 yards and a touchdown. Tim Tebow was a great college player, but that's all he was great at in college. In the NFL, he's below par. You think Dak Prescott can't throw the ball? But but let's be serious for a moment. As much as I don't like the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott is a is an okay quarterback. He's not Tim Tebow. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL right now that we consider to be bad that are past better than Tim Tebow. But that's not the point right now. I'm not here to talk about how bad his game was. Because him not being able to throw the ball has nothing to do with his stance on this topic. California passed a bill. If you want to wear California passed a bill that's going to allow players to make money off their likeness. The NCAA is registered, believe it or not, as a non-profit organization. A non-profit organization that generates billions, not millions, generates billions of dollars every year off of players. Familiar names, Michael Jordan, Zion Williamson, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. And the list goes on and on and on. Schools have worked these kids like slaves off their back almost. There's some of you out there might say, well, they get a free ride, they get a free scholarship. They don't have depths like me to go to school. That's chump change compared to billions of dollars that these schools make, that the NCAA makes. I don't want to hear that they get exposure. That other teams can see them. Look, man, if you're good, it doesn't matter if you play an NCAA tournament, if you play anywhere. If you're good at basketball, if you had an elite talent, somebody will see you. But sure, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. They get the experience. People get to see them on a daily basis in college basketball, in the NCAA coverage. We get that. We know all this. But Tim Tebow... Had a problem. But let me say this. I don't have a problem. With what Tim Tebow is saying per se. You're right. You, when you have love for something. When you participated in something. And you love the, 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 the build of it. You like how it's put together. College basketball is what it is. Because the kids put all the effort. And all the, their talent into the game. They're not necessarily playing for money. And Stephen A. Smith went on his show today, this recording, Monday, September 16th. And he talked about how people were decimating Tim Tebow's character. I'm not here to do that. I'm just here to point out that I wholeheartedly disagree with his point of view. I'm not supposed to get paid. Or I shouldn't get paid because a college, an organization is paying my tuition and making money off of my back? If you want to look at it the selfish way, dude, this program is only successful because of the couple years I've been playing here. Texas is a, it's a, let's lose Kevin Durant for an example. Kevin Durant played for Texas University. 
Texas would have been nothing without Kevin Durant those seasons. And they generated millions of dollars for that school. And Kevin Durant, just like every other college player up to now in the state of California, they couldn't make a dime. He couldn't even ask for money to go to McDonald's. Somebody couldn't give him, give him $10 to buy himself a pair of boxers at Walmart. Because you probably get suspended. And let's not talk about all the players that was receiving money undercover. But now you're telling me, Tim Tebow, that if I play college, that you're opposed to the fact that I'm, I can't make some money off of my own autographs, out of my own sign, signing shoes and jerseys? I have the sentiment from a lot of people. A lot of people say he come from a, from a uh, standpoint of privilege. Are they saying this because Tim Tebow is white? Because if you actually do your homework, Tim Tebow is not super rich. But he had everything at his disposal. He worked hard for the things he had. But he had it a lot easier than a lot of us. So a lot of us might think like, hey, why are you saying this? You sound privileged, bro. When about 60-70% of college players are black. They come from broken homes. And a lot of them, yes, they love the game of football. But it's not a coincidence that a lot of them fall into the trap of taking money when they aren't supposed to be. The NCAA sanctioning a lot of black players because they're taking money. They literally are taking money to feed their families at home. And this is something I believe that a lot of people think Tim Tebow is not realizing. But then again, we have to look at it this way. This is from Tim Tebow's perspective. That's what he thinks. That's what he believes. We live in a society where you have free speech, man. You can talk about what you want. You express your feelings the way you want. But just as you express your feelings, I disagree with them. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. If you had, and in your case you do, sir, not everybody can play college, college football. And for you listeners as well, this is a message to you. If you have a particular skill that only few people in this world have, why wouldn't you want to get paid for it? Do you want to work for Microsoft when Microsoft is using your skills? Do you want to work at uh, whatever industry you're in? Do you want to be the best doctor in your state and a hospital uses your likeness to promote all the work is there? You're doing all the work and you're not getting paid accordingly? Bottom line, that's what it comes down to. These athletes are putting their lives on the line. Literally, football is not tennis. You get hit. You can be concussed at any time. You can literally lose your life with a wrong hit. And you're telling me I can't get paid while these organizations and these schools are making billions of dollars off of my back? Yes, Tim Tebow, I get it. You want to keep the integrity of college football. You want to keep it the way it is right now. But Tim Tebow, I'm sorry. This world we live in now, I can produce. I can do well. I can get paid. And the game will still be what it is. These kids love to play the game. That's why they come to those colleges. That's why they want to play college football. Because they love the game. Getting paid a little money to feed their families. Getting paid so you don't have to eat ramen noodles for four straight seasons. At four straight years while you're in college. Anybody that went to college can relate to this. And those of you who are listening who are planning to go to college. <laughs> if you're not going to get money shipped to you every week. Trust me. That's all you're going to be eating. 
ramen noodles and cereal. So it's baffling that a that a athlete like Tim Tebow would say something like that. But like I said, that's his opinion. Everybody has their opinion and everybody's entitled to their opinion. But at the end of the day, I am glad these athletes are able to get paid. This is something I've been crying about for 20 years since I've been conscious and watching college basketball, college basketball, college football, any collegiate sport. These dudes need to get paid. I don't care about the scholarships. They need to get paid. It's simple. It's a law of business. You don't make billions of dollars off of me and I don't get a cut of the pie. I am glad once again, California, thank you for stepping up and making this happen. Ah, we've come to the end of another episode, episode number 48 of the Stabman Sports Podcast. If you're still here listening, I appreciate you. I really appreciate you guys. You know, I do this every week. <laughs> I'm going to keep beating this drum to that I can't beat it anymore, man. I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys. But guys, before I let you go, man. I just realized what I said. This is episode number 48, so we're two away from episode number 50. And we're going to have something special for that episode, so just stay tuned for that. Also, guys, remember, the store is up. Our revamped brand new store so you can get your merchandise. If you've been supporting Statman from the beginning, man, once again, you can go to the store and get all your merchandise. Now we're open for everybody, man. We got women tees. We got men tees. You can even buy tea for your kids. We have snapbacks uh, winter is around the corner as well i mean fall and winter is around the corner and uh we're, we're gonna have uh caps that you can wear in the fall caps that you can wear in the uh in the winter the store is open to september 27 the store is open with 25 percent off man huh what what more what more can you want 25 percent off and we're giving away stuff for the next couple of weeks so i mean it's 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 an amazing time you know to be part of the Statman fan club baby so once again if you haven't already guys subscribe to the podcast on itunes spotify google play wherever you prefer to listen to this podcast if you are at work and you're listening to this and you want to go back and you know read the statistics and you know look at them for yourself you can always go back on the website statmanpodcast.com and you can see all the transcripts for all the past episodes all 48 episodes thank you guys once again and for right now statman signing out baby thanks for listening to the statman sports podcast see you next time